This is episode 582 of the AWS podcast, released on May 1st, 2023. AWS Smart Business Day 2023. Spend half a day with AWS on May 10th, 2023 and take your business to the next level. Hear how customers are using AWS to solve their problems and technical challenges, chat with AWS experts, and explore training and certification opportunities for you and your team. Join this robust virtual experience with each session designed to give you information and resources to help you modernize, optimize, and monetize your business. This virtual experience runs from 9am Pacific Daylight Time till 1pm Pacific Daylight Time, and you can learn more and register for Smart Business Day 2023 using the link in the show notes. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS podcast. Simon Leach here with you. Great to have you back. And, of course, we are now bringing the triple threat of uh, co-hosts for the AWS podcast. I'm first joined by Horn Wenlogren. G'day, Horn. How you doing? I'm great and ready to rock. Excellent. And Gillian Ford. G'day, Gillian. How's things? Fantastic. Love the triple threat name. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to keep thinking of triple things, so we'll, we'll have to keep working on the list. But um, I think you're going to kick us off today, so over to you. That's right. We're going to start with analytics today. Amazon Redshift enhances string query performance by up to 63x. Amazon Redshift achieves this through vectorized scans over lightweight CPU-efficient dictionary encoded string columns that allows the database engine to operate directly over compressed data. These techniques are optimal on low-cardinality string columns or varchar. Low-cardinality string columns are columns that have up to a few hundred unique string values. AWS Glue Studio now supports Amazon Redshift connector capabilities where you can do one of these things. Browse Amazon Redshift tables directly in Glue Studio, add native Redshift SQL, execute common operations while writing to Amazon Redshift, including drop, truncate, upsert, create, or merge. Amazon QuickSight now supports nested conditions within row-level security tags where you can combine and, and, or conditions to simplify multi-tenant access patterns. Amazon EMR on Amazon EKS now supports Apache Spark with Java 11. Amazon Athena adds view support for external data sources, which include relational databases, streaming sources, and cloud object stores. Amazon Manage Workflows for Apache Airflow now supports Apache Airflow version 2.5. Now on to the topic of application integration. Amazon AppFlow announces six new connectors. Now this is for software-as-a-service SaaS applications. The new connector enables you to transfer your data from AfterShip, Bamboo HR, Fresh Sales, Google Sheets, Customer with a K, and Pipedrive, providing connectivity to CRM, HR, and shipment tracking applications. The Amazon AppFlow integration makes it easier for you to access your data gain actionable insights, and streamlines analysis and reporting. Amazon AppFlow is a fully managed integration service that enables you to securely transfer your data between software-as-a-service SaaS applications like Salesforce, SAP, Google Analytics, Facebook Ads, ServiceNow, and AWS services like Amazon S3, Amazon Redshift, without writing code, which is pretty neat. 
Developers can now use the new AppSync EventBridge data source target in their AppSync API to easily publish events generated from their applications, such as shopping cart actions, to subscribers of an event bus powered by Amazon EventBridge. Now onto the topic of business applications. AWS Supply Chain is now generally available. This is pretty cool because AWS Supply Chain unifies supply chain data, provides machine learning ML powered connectors and actionable insights, and offers built-in contextual collaboration. Amazon Chime SDK update service level agreement. Now this is to include monthly uptime percentage of 99.99 with a completed AWS well-architected review. Announcing updated video background blur and replacement in Amazon Chime SDK. The updated background blur and replacement incorporates visual improvements such as new image segmentation model that can help distinguish more clearly between a meeting participant and their background. On to the topic of compute. Amazon EC2 Inf2 instances, which are optimized for generative AI, are now generally available. Now, these instances deliver high performance at the lowest cost in Amazon EC2 for generative AI models, including large language models or LLMs and vision transformers. Inf2 instances are powered by up to 12 AWS Inferentia 2 chips, which are the latest AWS designed deep learning accelerators. They deliver up to four times higher throughput and up to 10 times lower latency than the first generation Inf1 instances. Now you can use the Inf2 instances to run popular applications like text summarization, code generation, video and image generation, speech recognition, personalization, and more. Inf2 instances are the first inference-optimized instances in Amazon EC2 to introduce scale-out distributed inference supported by NeuronLink, which is a high-speed non-blocking interconnect. You can now efficiently deploy models with hundreds of billions of parameters across multiple accelerators on Inf2 instances. Inf2 instances allow you to get up to three times higher throughput up to eight times lower latency, and up to 40% better price performance than other comparable Amazon EC2 instances. Also to help you meet your sustainability goals, Inf2 instances offer up to 50% better performance per watt compared to other comparable EC2 instances. Now these instances offer up to 2.3 petaflops of deep learning performance and up to 384 gig of total accelerator memory with 9.8 terabits of bandwidth. The AWS Neuron SDK integrates natively with popular machine learning frameworks like PyTorch and TensorFlow. So you can use your existing frameworks and application code and deploy on these instance types. You can also get started with AWS Deep Learning AMIs, the AWS Deep Learning Containers, or managed services like ECS, the Kubernetes Service, and SageMaker. Also, another new instance type, the Amazon EC2 TRN1 instances, which are optimized for network-intensive generative AI models, are also now generally available. Now, these are powered by the AWS Trainium accelerators. Building on the capabilities of Trainium-powered TRN1 instances, the TRN1N instances double the network bandwidth to 1,600 gigs per second of second-generation Elastic Fabric Adapter. With this increased bandwidth, trn one N instances deliver up to 20% faster time to train for training network intensive generative AI models like large language models and mixture of experts. Similar to the TRN1 instances, TRN1 instances offer 50% savings on trading costs over comparable Amazon EC2 instances. To support large-scale deep learning models, which is all the rage these days, TRN1N instances are deployed in EC2 ultra clusters, 
with high-speed EFAV2 networking. EFAV2 speeds up distributed training by delivering up to 50% improvement in collective communications performance over the first generation EFA, which were pretty fast in the first place. You can use the ultra clusters to scale up to 30,000 Trainium accelerators and get on-demand access to a supercomputer which with 6.3 exaflops of compute performance. I need to get me one of those. Announcing the availability of AL2023 and GMSA support on Amazon ECS Linux containers. So this is the availability of the ECS optimized Amazon Linux AMIs and group managed service accounts on ECS Linux containers through credentials fetcher integration. Amazon ECS on AWS Fargate now supports extensible ephemeral storage for Windows tasks. So you can configure it up to a maximum of 200 gig for your Windows containers. EC2 Image Builder supports a vulnerability detection with Amazon Inspector for custom images. So now you can easily scan your custom AMIs and container images in the image pipeline to evaluate the impact of CVEs and you don't have to manage your own custom scripts. Amazon EKS and Amazon EKS Distro now support Kubernetes version 1.26. So make sure you keep yourself up to date because these updates always include a bunch of fixes and improvements. AWS controllers for Kubernetes, ACK for Amazon MemoryDB is now generally available. So customers can now provision and manage MemoryDB resources using the ACK service controller. Amazon EC2 Serial Console is now available on EC2 bare metal instances in addition to Nitro virtual instances. Now the EC2 Serial Console provides a simple and secure way to troubleshoot boot and network connectivity issues interactively by establishing a connection to the serial port of an instance. Fun fact, for many years of my career in the boot of my car was a serial port and cable so that no matter how much I ruined someone's machine, I could always boot it back. And I've blessed that cable many times in my career. And finally, on this topic, AWS Lambda introduces response payload streaming. AWS Lambda functions can now progressively stream response payloads back to the client, including payloads larger than 6 meg, which can help you improve performance for web and mobile applications. Before today, Lambda-based applications using the traditional request response invocation model had to fully generate and buffer the response before returning it to the client, which could delay the time to first byte. With response streaming, functions can send partial responses back to the client as they become ready, significantly improving the time to first byte, which web and mobile applications are especially sensitive to. And this currently supports Node.js 14x and newer runtimes, and you can also stream responses with custom runtimes. And onto the topic of cost management, one quick update here. AWS launches split cost allocation data for Amazon ECS and AWS Batch. So now you can analyze, optimize, and charge back the cost and usage for your containerized applications. And you can allocate those application costs to individual business units and teams based on how containerized applications consume shared compute and memory resources. And onto the topic of customer engagement. Amazon Pinpoint now supports AWS PrivateLink. I'm excited about this one from a security perspective. Now you can manage your Amazon Pinpoint segments, campaigns, and journeys without requiring an internet gateway in your VPC. The AWS PrivateLink comes with private internet connectivity, security groups, and VPC input policy to help meet your compliance requirements. 
Amazon Connect Voice ID now supports multiple fraudster watchlists per Voice ID domain. So this is with each watchlist supporting up to 500 fraudsters, which is pretty handy. Previously, one Voice ID domain only support one fraudster watchlist for known fraudster detection. With the availability of multiple watchlists, customers can configure which fraudster watchlist within their Voice ID domain is to be used for a specific contact in Amazon Connect contact flow. Voice ID APIs allow customers to specify which watch list a fraudster will be associated with when registering fraudsters, as well as manage individual fraudster within watch lists. Multiple fraudster watch list support for Voice ID will enable Connect customers to improve contact center security by fine-tuning the fraudster watch list for different lines of business in their organization. Additionally, customers who have more fraudsters targeting their contact center than the default limit of 500 can now create multiple fraudster watch lists to manage them. Amazon Connect now enables agents to handle voice call, chats, and tasks concurrently. Now, contact center managers can configure an agent's routing profile to receive contacts from multiple channels at the same time. On to databases. Amazon RDS Optimize Reads now offers up to 2x faster queries on RDS for Postgres. Complex queries that utilize temporary tables such as queries involving sorts, hash aggregations, high-load joins, and common table expressions can now execute up to two times faster with optimized reads on RDS for Postgres. Amazon RDS Optimized Reads is available by default on RDS for Postgres versions 15.2 and higher, 14.7 and higher, and 13.10 and higher. Now you have the option to use the AWS Management Console for Amazon RDS and Amazon Aurora to create an Amazon Elasticash cluster and attach it to your relational database. Amazon RDS for MySQL now supports inbound replication from Amazon RDS using single AZ database instances and Amazon RDS multi-AZ database instances with one standby to Amazon RDS multi-AZ deployments with two readable standby instances. You can use this inbound replication to help migrate your existing Amazon RDS MySQL deployments within minutes to Amazon RDS multi-AZ deployments with two readable standby database instances, which has one writer instance and two readable standby instances across three availability zones. High availability for the win. Amazon RDS for MySQL now supports up to 15 read replicas for RDS multi-AZ deployment option with two readable standby database instances. Amazon Aurora now supports Postgres 15. New features in Postgres 15 include the SQL standard merge command for conditional SQL queries, performance improvements for both in-memory and disk-based sorting, and support for two-phase commit and row-column filtering for logical replication. This release includes new features for Babelfish for Aurora Postgres version 3.1, such as Kerberos support with Active Directory and support for linked servers. Amazon RDS Custom for SQL Server now supports the multi-AZ deployment model, which provides enhanced availability and durability. Amazon Aurora supports Postgres 14.7, 13.10, 12.14, and 11.19 versions. On to the topic of developer tools, Amazon Code Whisperer is now generally available. 
Now, this artificial intelligence coding companion generates real-time single-line or full-function code suggestions in your IDE to help you more quickly build software. With general availability, we're excited to introduce two tiers, Code Whisperer Individual and Code Whisperer Professional. Code Whisperer Individual is free to use for generating code. That's right, I said free. You can sign up with an AWS Builder ID based on your email address. The individual tier provides code recommendations, reference tracking, and security scans. Code Whisperer Professional, priced at $19 per user per month, additionally offers enterprise administrative capabilities to organizations that want to provide their developers with access to Code Whisperer. Administrators get organizational license management to centrally manage which developers in the organization should have access to Code Whisperer. They also get organizational policy management to set service policies at the organizational level. Code Whisperer programming language support is also expanding. In addition to supporting Python, Java, JavaScript, TypeScript, and C Sharp, Code Whisperer can now also generate code suggestions for Go, Rust, Kotlin, Scala, Ruby, PHP, SQL, C, C++, and shell scripting. Now, I actually had a bit of a play with this one just the other day using my IDE. And I've got to say, A, super easy to get set up and going, and B, like magic to do all the boilerplate stuff that you're used to coding. In fact, uh, from my perspective as a developer, it just does the 80% of stuff you have to do so that you can concentrate on the 20% of the magic fairy dust that you apply to your code. Amazon Code Catalyst dev environments now support GitHub repositories. So this allows you to use the Code Catalyst dev environments, which are in preview, with those linked GitHub repositories. And Code Catalyst is a unified software development service that makes it faster to build and deliver software on AWS. AWS Proton has introduced a Git management of service configurations. So customers use Proton as a self-service template system to define and update infrastructure. And now you can sync Proton service configurations like compute size and target deployment environment directly from GitHub or Bitbucket. AWS App Runner has added seven new compute configurations. So this makes it easy for developers to quickly deploy containerized web applications and APIs to the cloud at scale without having to manage infrastructure. Now, there used to be four compute configurations with different combinations of vCPU and memory. Now there are 11. So you can have smaller ones and larger ones, even more selection. And finally, on this topic, NiceDCV has announced the general availability of the DCV extension SDK. This SDK allows customers and independent software vendors to build custom extensions for the DCV protocol. These extensions provide a flexible method to integrate your streaming session to support custom peripherals, native applications, and more. And on to a quick update on in-user computing. Amazon Workspaces Core introduces Microsoft Office 2019 Professional Plus Bundle. You can now subscribe to Microsoft Office 2019 Professional Plus from AWS on Windows 10 and Windows 11. Bring your own license, BYOL, Amazon Workspace Core instances. I know a lot of my customers are looking forward to this, so I'm excited about that one. And onto the topic of front-end web and mobile. Announcing general availability for macOS support on Amplify Library for Swift. Now, this is pretty cool. This launch allows developers to build cloud-connected apps for iOS and macOS apps. Developers can now leverage the power of the AWS Amplify across iOS and macOS platforms for production workloads. 
Developers can use Amplify Library for Swift via the Swift Package Manager to build apps for iOS and Mac OS platforms with auth, storage, geo, and more features. Developers will continue to have access to the same Amplify command line interface CLI tools to configure and manage their cloud resources. With the Amplify library for Swift, developers will also have direct access to the underlying AWS SDK for Swift through the escape patch to unlock additional capabilities from AWS services. Now onto the topic of game tech. Amazon GameLift adds supports for Unreal Engine 5. In addition, the latest Amazon GameLift server SDK with Unreal 5 plugin is built to work with Amazon GameLift Anywhere, enabling developers to test and iterate Unreal game built faster and manage game sessions across any server hosting infrastructure. Now on to the topic of Internet of Things. AWS IoT Core announces general availability for MQTT 5 shared subscription and new CloudWatch metrics. Using shared subscription, MQTT 3 or MQTT 5 clients can distribute a large volume of inbound messages to a group of subscribers for processing message in a more efficient manner. Now machine learning. Amazon Recognition launches Face Liveness to deter fraud in facial verification. Face Liveness helps customers detect in seconds that real users and not bad actors using spoofs are accessing their services. That sounds really cool. Four updates to call out with Amazon SageMaker Inference Recommender, support for Amazon CloudWatch logs and metrics, Python SDK support for running Inference Recommender jobs, support for running load tests on existing endpoint via a new API, and several usability improvements for easily getting started with Inference Recommender. Amazon SageMaker now supports sharing predictions with Amazon QuickSight. Amazon SageMaker Feature Store now supports the ability to permanently delete records from the online store. Amazon Kendra releases Microsoft OneDrive Connector. Amazon Monotron has a new data stream schema. The updated schema now includes insights from using Monotron sensors and gateways. It also includes asset state transition events triggered by users. By configuring Amazon Monotron to automatically add data to a Kinesis stream, customers can send it to various destinations, including Amazon S3 and Lambda. On to the topic of management and governance. AWS Config Advanced Queries support 27 new resource types. Bunch of new things across things like the IVS service, Kinesis Data Analytics, etc., etc., making life easier. AWS Well Architected Framework has strengthened its prescriptive guidance. The enhanced prescriptive guidance included in this update provides customers and partners with new and refreshed best practices, implementation steps, architectural patterns, and more outcome-driven improvement plans, helping you more easily identify and mitigate risk. If you're not using the framework, you should. It's free, and it is very, very worthwhile. AWS Trusted Advisor introduces Engage for AWS on-ramp support customers in preview. This makes it easy for AWS Enterprise on-ramp support customers to view, request, and track their AWS support engagements. And we're happy to announce that AWS Resource Explorer now supports export and download of search results in CSV format. So you can export those search results and continue your workflow in any third-party applications that support CSV import. 
Now onto the topic of media services. Announcing AWS Elemental Media Connect Gateway. AWS announces the general availability of AWS Elemental Media Connect Gateway, a new cloud-connected software application that transmits live video between your on-premises multicast network and AWS Elemental Media Connect. Announcing media metrics for AWS Elemental Media Convert. Now you can view and act on a broader set of data both during and after transcoding jobs complete. You can use the information available through media metrics to build dashboard with Amazon CloudWatch and to programmatically integrate actions into your workflows via Amazon EventBridge. Now onto the topic of migration and transfer. Real quick one here. AWS Migration Hub now supports high availability for SAP HANA systems. This launch expands the capability of the existing Migrate SAP NetWeaver-based SAP application to AWS template by supporting HANA-based database-only migration and SAP-based systems to high availability configuration. Onto networking and content delivery. Amazon CloudFront supports the use of S3 object Lambda access points as origins. Now for satellites. AWS Ground Station now supports wideband digital intermediate frequency. Satellite operators can use a software-defined radios of their choice to perform demodulation and decoding of data in their Amazon VPC. To use a wideband digital intermediate frequency, satellite operators utilize Amazon CloudFormation to set up the required resources to deliver data to EC2 for real-time processing or store the data in S3 for asynchronous processing. Onto the topic of security, identity, and compliance. AWS WAF has increased the Web ACL capacity units limit. You can now use up to 5,000 WCUs without requesting a limit increase. This is up from the previous limit of 1,500. You can now go up to 64K. The default inspection size of a body for HTTPS request has been increased from 8 to 16, and the new default gets applied free of charge. AWS Firewall Manager has added support for six additional AWS WAF features, so you can control even more of your environment more easily. And AWS Network Firewall now supports IPv6 only subnets. So you could always do dual stack. Now you can filter IPv6 traffic to and from the public internet, on-premises network, or any endpoint in your IPv6-enabled VPC with IPv6-only subnets. We're nearly there. We're nearly at the world of IPv6. Amazon Guard Duty has added three new threat detections to alert customers on suspicious DNS traffic. These include unusual DNS resolvers, DOH activity, and DOT activity. Now, this is really important because what this does is monitor the DNS traffic from EC2 instances that use the Amazon DNS resolvers to detect potential malicious actor activities. Now, often malicious actors may attempt to mask their activity by using external DNS providers, by using techniques like sending DNS traffic over HTTPS or over TLS. The new added GuardDuty threat detections help detect this type of activity. GuardDuty learns the expected DNS traffic patterns for the AWS environment to only alert when the activity is suspicious and indicative of potential malicious activity. This is my regular reminder, turn on Amazon GuardDuty, it will make your life better. AWS Security Hub launches four new security best practice controls. These include application load balances, EKS clusters, Redshift clusters, and S3 bucket rules as well. And on to the final topic of storage. A couple of updates here. Amazon S3 adds new 
visibility into object replication status. Amazon S3 adds a new Amazon CloudWatt metric that can be used to diagnose and correct S3 replication configuration issue more quickly. The operation failed replication metric available in both S3 console and in Amazon CloudWatch gives you per minute visibility into the number of objects that did not replicate to the destination bucket for each of your replication rules. You can use Amazon CloudWatch alarms with this metrics to notify when failures occur so you can quickly take corrective actions. For example, S3 replication relies on permissions that are granted by customers via AWS Identity and Access Management IAM roles. If an IAM role is set up incorrectly, customers may see objects that do not replicate as expected due to insufficient permissions. S3 replication will mark these objects as failed and will generate a metrics and alarm so you can quickly correct your IAM role and reinitiate replication for the objects to keep your source and destination buckets in sync. Amazon S3 beginning to apply to security best practices to all new buckets by default. As announced in December 13, 2022, Amazon S3 is now deploying two new default bucket security settings by automatically enabling S3 block public access and disabling S3 access control list ACLs for new S3 buckets. To learn more about the change, read Heads Up Amazon S3 security changes are coming in April of 2023 in the AWS news blog and default access settings for new S3 buckets FAQ in the S3 user guide. These new default security settings are deploying to all new S3 buckets in all regions. We will publish another What's New post when the deployment has reached all AWS regions. Security is always the number one thing, isn't it? Never Absolutely. never ends. That's right. Making sure that we get things right. It's the most important thing. So we have managed to get through 63 different updates in just a little wow. over half an hour. So we do want to get feedback though. Horn, how do people do that? You can reach out to me on my Twitter handler at Hansolo underscore one. That's H-A-W-N-S-O-L-O underscore one. And Jillian, how do folks reach you? Miss Jill Ford on Twitter. Couldn't be easier. And I am, of course, very old school because I'm the, you know, the elder statesman now with my white hair. Um, and you can reach us on Podcast at amazon.com. We do want to hear how things are going in terms of the new format. We're still playing with it. As you can tell, we're trying to make it digestible, easy, give you enough cool information and also let you choose your own adventure. We'll keep on iterating so the feedback really helps. And of course, until next time, keep on building.